0: Hello there! It's Friday, which means it's time once again for the best movie podcast ever. The only movie podcast to offer objective and hyperbole-free discussion of every movie in the known universe. I am your host, the podcaster with no name, Conrad, and with me as always, fill the rhythm, fill the rhyme, get on up, it's Batman time, it's Anthony James.
1: Oh, Conrad, how are you?
0: It's good to know you've spent the time
1: we've had off. Coming up with that—that that was amazing. Thank you. I,
0: I i have a terrible feeling that I've done cool running before, to be honest, because I keep—I'll—I'll <laughs> I'll give the lessons, a peek behind the curtain here. I keep no record of what the of what what intros I've done, so I will end up repeating myself, yeah, and it's going to be on. Life's too short. Life's too it's short. It's going to be on them to point it out to me. Next um,
1: time you have a feeling to do a Cool Runnings one, just don't do the Rhythm and the Rhyme one. Just do that. Yeah. he sees pride, he sees power, he sees a badass mother who don't take <laughs> no S off
0: of no one. Once again! Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll do the Sanka, uh, you're, you're dead man uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, bit. Man. Yeah, so we are back. Um, for those of you who didn't see the post on our YouTube channel, Culture Cave, Wait, hold on. What's the actual URL? www.youtube.com forward slash culture cave?
1: Yeah, no, I don't think we ever actually got a short one. I think we can apply to get a
0: short oh. one. Maybe we should do that. Fucking get on it, Google. Yeah, Give us a short one. What, what, whatever our URL is, we posted a comment on there basically saying that um, Anthony Dunn had a baby. I uh, which, which on his own, um, which unfortunately uh, interrupted our schedule a bit. So oh, that, uh, oh, but, there
1: was a couple of us really scared there when you went. Which unfortunately. <laughs> could you imagine anthony a yeah. baby which unfortunately uh yeah. that was yeah. a very well, imagine
0: that yeah. as a way to lead into uh, like any kind of announcement like That's that fragile, yeah. we'll put it on the pod- podcast let the let the people know uh, um but yeah so our, our schedule has been a bit disrupted it's been you, mm-hmm. you anthony is the owner of a new house then i got covid and then anthony had a baby but we're all back to normal ish now we are um, we're, we're
1: thriving Conrad we're thriving and I'm
0: sure I'm sure the listeners will join me in issuing massive congratulations to you and your good lady wife and the rest of your family. Thank you. Very very happy. Uh, we have
1: three boys now. Three boys.
0: Yep. You've done it. You've you've uh increased your chances of uh, managing to kind of live Vicariously through one of them as a professional sportsman by thirty-three percent with that birth <laughs> Yeah, need to, get um, them,
1: need to get Need to get him in the park. Get them on the
0: pitch. Get one of <laughs> one of like pick one of them can do golf, one of them can do football, and one of them can do tennis, and you've got a Hang good on.
1: shot. Is it not more chance if you just like make them all do the same thing? And...
0: No, because they're competing with each other. Then because it'll be like local scouts. It'll be like Gary and Phil them.
1: Neville. One of them's not going to be very good.
0: Exactly, they'll end up at Everton or something. And who wants that? that would be a humiliation. Um, right. Okay. That's enough preamble. I think it's mm-hmm. safe to say. Welcome back to all you listeners. Thank you for for putting up with our with our absences. Um, mm-hmm. We'll be back to normal now. And I say, it's been a while. Uh, it's been a while, and uh, <laughs> it's now time to talk about some gosh darn movies. What do you say? Let's do it. <laughs> movies. If you are joining us for the first time this week, first of all, welcome, welcome along. I, I like it's just I, I never really think of the idea of us getting new listeners. I, I feel like we we just kind of have our dedicated group of people who listen and we just carry on um carry on trucking. But if you are new, welcome along. Mm-hmm. We're doing the Batman, the the Bat-men. Batman, Batman movies. Yeah
1: yeah, yeah we're, we're a few we're, we're well it actually is Batman at this point because what is it? Are we on to the fourth? Actor playing Fourth.
0: Batman, uh, technically fifth because well, we've, yeah, we've already done West. We've already done the Pattinson one as well. Um, yeah, that's true. We started with we've we've made a rod for own back by doing that. To be honest, when we, we try can't and do it again at the team. end, no, yeah, we'll do. No, a little bit <laughs> enough time. They'll have forgotten. We'll do it again, or we'll just re-release <laughs> the same episode. Actually, yeah, yeah, and save yeah. ourselves some time. Um, so we've we've done the uh, Tim Burton and the Joel Schumacher Batmans, and we are now into Chris Nolan Batman. Greatest nice director which, of our time. Yeah, Anthony's a big fan. I I like Christopher Nolan as well. I think when I, don't, on, I don't think he's the greatest director of our
1: time, but he, I am a big fan, you're right. Said it i the it's piss out there. of him as well as being a fan of him.
0: It's out there in the ether. You can't take that back. That'll be clipped and right, applied yeah, okay. to you in earnest. Um, but I mean, I think it, it is probably it's fair to say Christopher Nolan was coming to the, this series of movies off of the back of uh, Memento, Memento, Insomnia, and Following. I've not Follow, seen yeah. Insomnia or Following, um, so I don't know I've whether seen they're all really of them. good or not. Are they uh, good?
1: Uh, well, Following is very much like a, a first feature film on zero budget. It's made in like a noir style. Um, okay. In order to make it, it's very very affordable, you know what I mean? The, the way he's made it. Uh, it's an interesting story. Um, I watched it quite a while ago, so I'd have to refresh my memory on all the, the, the main points. Insomnia is an interesting uh, film about, it's kind actually, I can't remember this, right? I can't remember if it is a noir or not. I don't know if it is but it is like a detective he detect- does like a noir Chris Van Allen. yeah it's a detective film okay, uh, so set a in <laughs> yeah set in um, Alaska where there's you know 24 hours of sun- of sunlight and the idea oh, okay. is that um, <clears throat> Al Pacino's trying to catch the bad guy um, also Robin-, Robin Williams is in it as well and he's trying to catch okay. the bad guy but he can't really adjust to the fact that there's no uh, night time you know it's always, always light okay
0: yeah, it sounds very cerebral, um, which yeah. is often often his go to. Um but I mean, he, even having just seen Memento before this, in my position, I think a lot of people were pretty excited with Christopher Nolan coming to this mm-hmm. series. Um, he was yeah. a, a an up and cut, even though he was pretty well established, to be honest. Uh, having made three feature films at this point, I, I think he was probably still seen as like a young up and coming director. Well,
1: I think so, and he, and he, <clears throat> he like made, he made plans in order to make this step because um, wh- he made Insomnia in order to sort of take the reins of a big budget film because that's like the only one. That I think, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, but I think that's the only one of his films that he's not credited as writing. His of writing, he literally just came in to direct that film, um, in order to in order to sort of build up his big budget kudos before going
0: on to mm. Batman. That's interesting. Yeah, because because he definitely like tends to write his own movies for better or for worse normally for worse uh, if I'm being honest um, although this isn't the case with one of those um I had something that I wanted to run by you before we got into the the meat of Batman begins which is obviously mm-hmm. the movie that we're going to start with here today and that is that a lot of the discourse around Batman begins um and I suppose his trilogy of Batman movies in general but I feel like it's quite specific to this one is that it serves as like an allegory for bush Or Bush Jr.'s kind of America, in that, particularly when it's contrasted with where the Joel Schumacher stuff ended up, um, it's kind of the notions of like innocence and good are kind of muddied by these kind of ethical quandaries. And and, uh, Nolan is sort of constantly asking, like, what price are you prepared to pay to maintain these values of kind of goodness and innocence um, that are at the heart of the. Gotham and kind of effectively American society. What do you make of that?
1: Well, actually, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. <clears throat> uh, I did not have I've never actually obviously I've not been in the forums. I've never heard that before.
0: <laughs> get on um, get onto Reddit, get onto our Batman and they'll yeah. they'll talk your ear off.
1: Yeah, well, but having said that, like the distinction between this and the other ones, I can see. I, I, I can see them bringing question questioning Batman's ethics and Batman's decisions, and his he's a bit of a darker figure in these ones. And mm-hmm. I could I could see how that's um, analogous to, um, you know, changing tides within America. I suppose. Like I think yeah. that all the, whenever I'm not saying America's before Bush was was great, you know, but I know that there was sort of rumblings within America, and you know then you know international news as well is that these horrible things are happening but we're being told it's for a good reason but then it's unethical at the same time so so should what do we think of that i think this film actually now that you've said that that makes a lot of sense to me because i think by the end of it batman really is a hero but he goes through a lot of dark times Uh, to to get there and to sort of come to you know as christopher Christopher walker would say cream rises to the top and he he does
0: but (laughs) um macho man randy savage oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah. but
1: uh no but i see what you mean i i do like this batman i'm gonna say like Mm. i think i'm gonna put my cards on the table straight away obviously i was when this film came out i was maybe 13 14 prime age
0: prime for the picking and, I was 18 uh, years old when this came out. I was I was just beginning my like nascent film snobbery. I was like, well, I'll go and see Batman if I must. But yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I mean. Actually, no, I wasn't like that. I really well, like these movies. Yeah, yeah,
1: they're like they they are. I this is my sort of I. So this is sort of the Batman I grew up with in my in my formative years. Kind of like I suppose the, the teenagers of today. I suppose teenagers of five years ago were like you know they had like Iron Man and 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 the Infinity War and stuff, um, whereas yeah. this was like the big superhero thing for me. This and Spider Man, you know, at the, at the time.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so I mean, I th- I think that that um, that kind of allegory of uh, or Gotham as allegory for America, definitely. I feel like it applies more. Having said that, maybe they were talking more about the first movie. I actually think it probably applies most of all to the second movie, which we're not going to talk about today. We're not talking Mm -hmm. about Dark Knight. Uh, We're talking about Batman Begins. We'll do Dark Knight next week. Um, But... There are, we'll we'll probably come back to this in a second, because there's there's an order to to the way I want to discuss things in this, and and Batman doesn't come till right at the end, because (laughs) you've got to keep the people waiting. You've got to keep them waiting for the showstopper.
1: I mean, I like that. All the talk of the other ones having sort of allusions to the uh, backstory, this first one gave us like an hour and 15 minutes of the (laughs) backstory. That was where
0: I wanted to start, so the year is 2005 right you you you, it's been eight years seven years i I said it last week or last recording and i can't remember what it actually is now but seven or eight years since the last batman you would you would forgive a filmmaker for being like we've got to get right into the batman in this because they haven't had it for like almost a decade it's like an hour before batman shows up in this movie like and and i wanted to get your take on the origin story in this because the origin story is fully half the movie mm-hmm. um you know it's it's and it's very explicit like in, in in the original tim burton batman it's just vague allusions to his parents dying and yep. it's like yeah he became batman i don't know it was sad and and it works in those movies because it, they deal with very like kind of um they're very like kind of melodramatic in that sort of noirish fashion mm-hmm. but this you're just with Wayne for this <clears throat> journey for half the movie, basically. What did you think of that?
1: I and I really I really enjoyed it, and I, maybe on reflection, I think this I, I rewatched this one less than The Dark Knight, and maybe that's mm. why. But having said that, in the context of the trilogy, I love the fact that they did it. But even not even just for the context of the trilogy, I think the storyline with Ra's Al Ghul in this one really really works well when. Uh, with, with the idea of like him being tr- troubled like ethical the ethical questions coming up you know like you were talking about before but like you know and him sort of choosing two different paths and I think mm. the the effort put into their relationship at the start as well as the um as as well as well as the uh uh you know just the, the backstory of his parents dying as well I think it all actually knitted together for me really, really well. I didn't. Yeah, it is a long time. You are right. It is a long time before we properly get him in the suit because even when he starts doing Batman stuff, he still doesn't have his full suit yet. Even so, it is yeah. a long time. But I personally, I think I, I, I think the balance is struck really well because
0: mm.
1: when w- this is okay, put it this way: there probably isn't ever going to be another Batman movie with an hour or an hour and fifteen minutes of intro uh, of him becoming Batman. And I think that if we're gonna have one of them, then this is I'm glad we have this one, you know,
0: yeah, I think this is a pretty this is about as well as you could do this, i think yeah. um, I know I know some people can find Batman begins to be a bit dry because of mm. that, but I think that whole that first hour with like his parents dying and then Wayne seeking revenge against Carmine Falcone. And he, he has was going to gonna run shoot, away.
1: He was gonna shoot the guy. I thought that was really yeah, interesting. And like,
0: and, and you get like really good relationship building between him and Katie Holmes's character, Rachel Dawes. Like, you know, mm. she's ashamed of him. He's chastised. And as we all do, all young men go through this, maybe young women as well. I don't, I don't want to speak for everyone, but when that happens, you run away to become a ninja in China because <laughs> you need to, you need to start again. Um, you briefly mentioned his relationship with Razal al Ghul, who we'll come back to in a second, but I just wanted to also get your take on something that I think is one of the stars of the show, and that is Ken Watanabe's shitty little beard um, in, <laughs> in, in, in that introduction. Uh, how, how, give that a rating out of 10, if you would. Uh,
1: uh, pff, I've got to go on 11. got to go on 11, but...
0: <laughs> he's got, like, the sort of... T- I mean, I haven't got great facial hair, to be honest, so, you know, this is what, um, people in glass houses very much, but he's got these kind of, like, two silver... They're not even like prongs because they're almost like musical. Uh, they're, they're almost like uh, oh, fuck, what What they called semi? No, hold on. I can't remember my musical notation now. Is it quavers or semi uh, semi quavers? You got
1: me. I never did theory.
0: <sighs> well, well, we'll call them quavers, and we'll be corrected when someone when someone writes in crotches, quavers. One of those. Well, cu- quavers quaver.
1: are a type of crisp, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah they are they are that as well um okay so Ken Watanabe, be shitty beard 11 out of 10 you heard that here first um another aspect of the non-linear opening to this because it does jump around a bit within itself is um when they want to go back to Bruce as a young adult like a kind mm. of 18 19 year old all they do is give uh um, christian bale a rubbish fringe um <laughs> yeah, yeah. <He> just looks <laughs> how did you find that because i love that it's like we're gonna take this man who's in his mid-30s and just give him a rubbish fringe and be like he's de- he's 19 now <laughs>
1: yeah okay okay i'll give you that like <laughs> not quite as bad as bartos's little beard in uh in, in dark oh, but-
0: that was that's the gold <laughs> standard of of <laughs> just like desperately trying to make someone look a different age yeah
1: but like you know it's not convincing because what i think he's meant to be like really early 20s um, eh, i don't know you know in, i've mentioned it many times before but in a world <laughs> where tom welling played a 14 year old at 28 years old i think i can let it slip
0: yeah that is true i mean but by that standard any, <laughs> any around the same attempt. time it started
1: too so christian bale yeah. was playing like five years younger than himself with a weird fringe you know other other places in Hollywood, they were committing far more egregious crimes. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good a good point. Uh, that's asked and answered, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you, Anthony, have made a point in um, in previous films pointing out that the Wayne family has um, is often implicated in or associated with some kind of failed project. Yes, um, that has contributed to the poverty. Of Gotham, and uh, we get another one of those in this with that bloody like. It's very much like that spring uh, that Simpsons episode. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. they got they bought in hook, line, and sinker to the monorail salesman when he <laughs> came into town, <laughs> and they got left with a with a with a white elephant.
1: Quite ironic considering we're recording this on the day that the new Elizabeth line in London opened, and then they had to like evacuate it within <laughs> two hours
0: of a fire. A Does that mean um, we're going to
1: get a Batman in twenty years in London? Hopefully. <laughs> oh,
0: that's the well. They filmed no, they filmed uh, the newest one in bits of Glasgow, actually. So that's about as close as we can get, I think. Yeah. Um, although bits of this might have been filmed in in England or in the UK, because there's a lot of of British actors in I would the assume British they would. Irish. Yeah, actors. I
1: think I think I think that Chris Nolan does film a lot of stuff in England at does like mm. Pinewood maybe. Um, I think that does actually ring a bell. But it yeah, the monorail fun, got him yeah. bad. I think it's funny, like because in, in like you know the Rob Patton one we talked about, like it was a huge sort of like funding project. Is a far-reaching community thing, um, and in this one, it's just like uh, you know we, we tried to we
0: tried to do a train, we tried to yeah. do a train, didn't work. Uh, and that's, yeah, just, we'll, that's all you need. You know, <laughs> put a on or out the bit that like that runs through the heart of the city, and it just doesn't work. I guess. Um, so, building on from that, then, so Gotham's in a bad state when we catch up with it, or it was in a bad state during the origin story. And then when we get back to Gotham in sort of present day, a few years later, it's an even worse state. And the league of shadows, this group of ninjas that (laughs) Bruce Wayne goes off to join they They, so, okay. That initially it's like, we're just ninjas, whatever. And it's like, that's cool. That's a good origin story. And then they start talking about how they're sort of like great, equalizer whose job is to go into kind of corrupt rotting empires and rip out the heart via destroying their bigger cities and, and Ken Watanabe <laughs> and later um, later Liam Neeson's character Razal Gul when he's revealed to still be alive talk about doing it to Rome and Constantinople. Now
1: Unbelievable. Wh-
0: so okay, first off I know that Gotham is depicted deliberately as being poor, and and this is as a result of their like kind of economic warfare. But yep. is Gotham the heart of the American Empire? Like not Metropolis, or I think New York exists in the DC, um, the DC universe. It, it just doesn't. Gotham never felt like the the sort of the, the the beating heart of of modern America to me.
1: Well, yeah, that's a good point because Gotham. I would imagine I don't know why Bruce Wayne still lives there, but most rich people wouldn't actually live in Gotham you know what i mean like no, that's just where they like extract their money from yeah. um so i don't it's like, re- yeah
0: it's like a tax haven for yeah. for people who who were like have moved out of state
1: so why don't why yeah why don't they they first of all go and attack where the rich people actually live or the city that's actually thriving yeah because, <laughs> because like are they in, are they are they insinuating like gotham's on its way down here already like are they insinuating that they went into rome and constantinople whenever they were already flagging? Or is well, it... So,
0: I mean, Liam Neeson later in this, or Razal al Ghul, I should say, as, as his character is called, does say later in this that they've tried... It's basically a throwaway line. It's like, with Gotham, we tried a new tactic. Economics, or whatever. Um, yes, so it's... I think the implication is that the oh, economic downturn it. is them. But you are right in that, like, it's hard enough just literally burning a city down, by, <laughs> Italy, which is what it's implied they did to Rome and Constantinople. But to just be like... We're gonna fuck up the stock market in Gotham, I guess, and hope that that makes the city eat itself. I I don't know if it's a good plan to so be honest. It was, it was
1: actually them that ruined the monorail, and then they had the goal to actually use the the monorail <laughs> to try and yeah. destroy the city.
0: Yeah, and it's it's a wild it's a wild plan to be honest. Um, we'll 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 come back to that plan in a second because there's some things about it that I simply don't understand. Um, <laughs> that. That thingamajig, <laughs> I don't know how it works. I don't, it, it, but it starts. It kind of reminds tradition. me of the
1: thingamajig in Tenet as well.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. That, like, what, what, what do you mean the turnstile, or do you mean? Um, in,
1: um, no, 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 no. Not, I understand how the turnstile works, but it's not fully consistent. But no, the um, you know the thingamajig that they're trying to put all the eight pieces or whatever they are. Oh, back
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, I can't believe end the, in the world. Yeah, just. Destroys time. Or I mean, whatever. at least this
1: one's like a big bomb. The other one, you know, is just like things that will destroy time.
0: Yeah, it's best not to dwell on Tenet. I find. Um, okay, so uh, when when Bruce comes back to Gotham and we see it for the first time, I think that depiction of the, of the kind of allegorical uh, allegory of Bush's America mm-hmm. is present. I think it's it's very like, especially compared to the Schumacher stuff the the muted colours, the realism, the kind of the very harsh depiction of like economic collapse and poverty. Mm-hmm. It's all there to see. It's not kind of stylized in any way, which is um which is I, I find a nice change from from the Schumacher stuff, which really had no edges by the time that they were done with it. And it wasn't really supposed to have edges, but but it makes makes a nice tonal change, I think. Um, mm-hmm. and Bruce himself yeah. Was obviously a victim of a crime of desperation, which is more than we ever get for like Joker's. Like, I I don't think they even explain what Joker's motivation was for killing his parents in that original in those original movies. It seemed like it was just he's just a thug. Yeah, maybe he's a thug. thug.
1: Yeah. Um, Conrad, I'll I'll answer this question. Did you catch whenever um, Batman was about was like turning into Batman or whatever for the first time, and he like was talking to a little child on a balcony? Did you? Yeah. Did you catch who that little child was? Well,
0: uh, but, but I've got that in supporting cast. Bloody Jack Gleason turns, yeah. uh, turns up for a little, for a, little, a moment in this. Oh, he actually turns up twice, I think, because he's in it again towards the end.
1: That, yeah, that almost guarantees to me, he's Joffrey from Game of Thrones, if anyone doesn't know, he's like 11 years old in this. That mm-hmm. almost guarantees me that they did film this in London, because why on earth would they get an Irish child to go to America? and <laughs> out. Put on an American accent <laughs> yeah. for this tiny role.
0: Yeah, especially like well, it's probably Le- I imagine Liam Neeson. and His friends would like it- Jack Gleason's related to Brendan Gleason, right? He must be his like grandson or something. I don't know. I, that's I don't think he is, but I, but he might be. He might be, but I don't think okay. he is. I sh- I assume that either Killian Murphy or Liam Neeson brought him over, and I was like, I've got an Irish lad. <laughs> you're gonna love him. Um, yeah, yeah. I was, and, I was down was, a
1: local community theatre, and I found a boy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he's wonderful. He's retired um, now. He's retired. He is, yeah, he's finishing his his degree or whatever it was he was doing and then (laughs) going to do other things, which, yeah, more more power to him. Okay, um, and so one final thing on the sort of tonal elements of this movie is that um, Batman's gadgetry, you can't even really call it gadgetry in this, to be honest, because it's like, it's military technology at best and and it's really just like Lucius Fox played by morgan freeman Lucius Fox has has a warehouse full of cool shit like the tumblr which but i think i I remember reading at the time that it was a functional vehicle the tumblr which is pretty cool i wonder where that is now um and it does come in black it does come in black um (laughs) the, the way he says that there is some comedy in this movie you've got to look for it but it is there um but uh, yeah and batman uses stuff like he uses like his batarangs they're like kunai like kind of throwing knives rather than actual batarangs so that it's like much more i don't know it like the technology in this feels like way more of a response to the fact that america was in like two wars at the time that this was made it's like batman's gonna be cool and he's get like gonna be like a functional assassin or whatever
1: yeah, well, I, I, it worked for me. Like we, talk, we talked mm. before about it, like sort of being a bit more realistic. I th- but not like you know we've also said like Chris Nolan's version of realistic is is it scientifically possible? Yes, okay, we'll do it. Yeah, uh, ra- rather than the Rob <laughs> Pattinson one, which is like no, it has to actually be like a real guy would do this. Um, but but I think it does work. I, I think I like the decision to have Lucius Fox uh, instead of Alfred being the one that also makes the gadgets. I yeah. think. That makes more sense. Why would a butler be able to do all that? He was um, in the
0: army. He, know, he knows how to do these
1: things. It is. It is true. He's in yeah. the army and he has a brother he hasn't spoken to in many years. But yeah. I, I think I think that it works really well with Lucius Fox yeah. and the idea of him being like down in the basement. Um, I think as the films go on, they start to like. Be in these massive white warehouses with nothing but what, oh, yeah, we'll, you know, and that—that's a bit weird set design. But in the first one, they're nailing it.
0: When well, yeah, when we get to the later films, there there is definitely a massive spike in the like Wayne Enterprises just rents these enormous warehouses that have nothing in them, like for yeah. some reason, which it seems like. Yeah, I never got remember. it. I no. never
1: got it. I thought like it's not really, it's not you know maybe it's the most uh, conspicuous thing you could do. But anyway, yeah. I um. I, I thought that Lucius Fox was good. The 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 Tumblr, uh, was a really interesting take on the Batmobile, yeah, which I think worked really really well because it's so different to the old ones mm. to the point where it's not really even a Batmobile, no. Um, but it still has become that. Uh, and, and it has. It, when I first saw it, I was like, well, this isn't gonna be an iconic image, but actually, it is. And I think that they did they did it really well. And I and I you know it gave me a quotable line for the rest of my life. He's flying on rooftops. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's flying. He's driving. He's driving. He's
0: driving, and it's got a jump jet on it. Um, Which I mean, (laughs) you know, say what you will about. The kind of the way that the design of the tumbler kind of pinched compared to previous Batmobiles, but they did get that kind of single exhaust engine or yeah. like in for all somehow. The use it is, yeah, yeah. Well, it uses it literally once to just get over some roofs, which is a very specific use case for that. <laughs> I have to, I have to imagine it, it couldn't have seen that much use in the army.
1: Um We didn't get the CGI bulletproof shieldings though. that, that No. Was- that no. come out when you park it. That no, was
0: we we, di- we didn't get thugs kind of uh, hijacking it um, or hot wiring it so that the penguin could control it. But who knows? Maybe <laughs> maybe we'll get that in the next uh, the next Robert Pattinson movie. We 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 yeah. have to just just wait and see. We um, can only hope. But yeah, so talking about Lucius Fox, I think that leads us quite naturally into talking about Batman, who doesn't really debut in this movie. You could argue when it is because there's there's a scene where he kind of um, interrogates. Uh, uh, Gordon with a stapler, um, where he's not—he's not, he's not, he's not he's painted not really, really black yet. Yeah, he's not really Batman. He's Bruce Wayne in a balaclava with some belts yeah. on him. Um, so the real debut of the character, I think, is the dockyard scene, um, yep. which is when you compare that. I, I, I don't want to keep going back to the Schumacher movies, but when you compare that as a debut to Batman too, like let's say the beginning of Batman and Robin, it it, it could not be more different. It's like he he's like a like a ghost he's like striking from the shadows there's that moment where the guy is like firing wildly and then just shouts where are you and it just does the the camera pan to the left and it and it and he says here and then (laughs) and uh, it's it's just so fucking cool as a debut for batman
1: you're right like it's funny that you compare it to the joel schumacher one because i think you're thinking of when batman was just like walking around you know yeah but in actual fact, in that film, Batman is debuted in that film with, like, his belt and his butt that's and everything true. on show at the very beginning. Yeah, that the is very true. Yeah, the be- so that, that's <laughs> the huge difference in my mind when you said that. It's like, yeah. one, he's actually beating people up, and the other one, we're just looking at his butt. Did you know? we
0: need batman our shots in this movie, though? That's, I mean, Nolan made the creative decision to not do that, and I think the movie's worse for it, frankly, I
1: think. I mean, I mean you know, each to their own. I... I think I think, you know, the cape was in the way. That's the excuse we'll give Nolan. Yeah, he gets away with true. this one.
0: That is true. Um, how did you feel about the croaky voice? It became a meme uh, in later years. Uh h- yeah. how did you find it on a kind of first first run through? Um
1: yeah. <laughs> it's funny because every time someone does Batman now the the question is are they gonna do the voice? Yeah. Uh I I think that I I think it's iconic. I think that mm. uh, if it's memed like we make, you know, if you truly love something when you can make fun of it, and I, 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 I like it. I, I do like it. Yeah. As, as as you just mentioned that moment where he goes here. Yeah. I think that wouldn't have been as cool that moment without that voice.
0: Absolutely. I, I think it it does it does get croakier as the series yeah. goes on to the point where in the Dark Knight it's Rises you're like have a strep cell. Come on, like <laughs> yeah, this has got to be destroying your vocal cords, Bruce. But in this one, it's I I, I think it's pitched perfectly. And, you know, it's also... It is. It sounds a bit ridiculous, but it is also functional because it's changing the sound of his voice so that people can't yeah. identify who he is. Um, which yeah. um, you know he immediately undoes with pretty much all the major characters in his life by essentially telling them that he's Batman by the end of this <laughs> this movie. Um,
1: well, it's all right because uh, what do you call it? Yeah, Doors. she won't last long. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's a. Don't worry, like she like, she has a different face in the next one.
0: Yeah, that's true as well. Poor, poor old Casey Helms. I never actually read about why Casey Holmes Didn't come back for the um, so. so Katie Holmes
1: didn't come back because she chose to be in a different film, which I forget what it was, but I can very quickly find out for you. Okay, because um, it wasn't as big as the Dark
0: Knight. I'll tell you that (laughs) much. Well, she
1: she thought it was going to be bigger. Um, That's the
0: thing. So let's see, Batman. uh, What year was this again? Two thousand five. This is yes. The the Batman begins with two thousand five. Dark Knight's two thousand and eight. I think. Yeah. Okay.
1: So Batman Begins. Yes. 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 Which one was she in? Um, actually, looking at these, I can't actually tell which one it was. Unless it was <laughs> what, Jack and Jill. What, I don't I, think it was Jack and Jill.
0: Well, for want of better evidence, let's say it was Jack and Jill and she was very poorly informed by her agent um, and was told that that Adam Sandler vehicle was going to uh, rocket her to superstardom.
1: Yeah, you know what's funny about that? I I literally I know that there is a film she chose to do instead and when i read when i when i first heard that news they told me the the, the the news article or whatever told me the film and i remember thinking oh my god that film was really bad <laughs> and, I, and i knew and i knew the film but now all the films i'm looking at in her imdb i have no idea what any of them are oh, so well, that sounds, i don't know. Yeah, that sounds and it doesn't right. it doesn't sound like i would have known what any of these are ever well, I so mean, I don't know what's going on Conrad
0: maybe you just heard it and was like well I've never heard of that movie so I'm assuming it's bad which yeah yeah for, maybe that's maybe that's the thing for Katie Holmes movies is normally a safe bet um, so we get uh, like just to to finish off this Dockyard sequence and then, then to go to something else I wanted to talk about with Batman we get the in-universe justification for the bat signal every Batman movie has to have it this one it's Carmine Falcone um, kind of draped over a searchlight with his jacket in tatters that makes us something that looks like a bat signal and and that's that's as much as we need to justify them making an actual bat signal in this one.
1: Carmine Falcone, just want to say before you move on. I think I think it's a, obviously yeah, they have to have it somewhere. But Carmine Falcone, I can't get past the fact that he's played by the guy who almost got a rat through his stomach from Too Fast Too yeah. Furious. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. Um I've never <laughs> been able to get past that. No,
0: he's I mean, we might as well talk about this now, I think, um because the villains in this movie are like a stable of mid-carders um, in wrestling parlance. It's like, do you remember when mm-hmm. the the corporation broke up in WWE and the union was formed and it was Mick Foley, Big Show, Ken Shamrock and Test. It was like, who the fuck am I supposed to care about in this group? That's kind of what the villains in this movie are like. You've got Tom Wilkinson playing Carmine Falcone and he, he is a good actor, but... He he! I I don't buy him, oh, not, it. Like, yeah,
1: I, I got it wrong. It's, it's, it's actually not Carmine Falcone who's the guy who got his rap through it. It's his. It's his, It's his. It's his heavy flas. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, I clearly he's am. the, the rap through the stomach. I've guy. seen too Fast Furious quite recently as well, so I should have been able to call you on that. But clearly, yeah. I was distracted by Cole Hauser playing an Argentinian in that movie. <laughs> the Extremely white Cole Hauser. Um, but yeah, so. I mean, Killian Murphy's performance is great as the villain in this movie, but Tom Tom yeah. Wilkinson, I is he's a good actor, but I just don't buy him as like an Italian mafioso.
1: Okay, okay, I know what you mean. Um, I didn't. Now that you say it, I know what you mean. But it never, he never felt out of place to me. Yeah. Okay. Maybe he's he's not really. Yeah, he's not a caricature of a of a of an Italian mob boss, and that's maybe why he doesn't quite fit in there in in a movie. Yeah. Because he's yeah. kind of... Maybe he's kind of what a mob boss in real life would be. Yeah, may,
0: so what you're saying is that I am I was asking Tom Wilkinson to engage in stereotype, and he's not done yeah, that, yeah, and yeah, therefore yeah, I've exactly. marked him down for it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. He didn't once you're, ask anyone to get him some gabagool. Like, what the fuck are you doing, Tom Wilkinson? You're asking
1: him to be what John Tataru was in Batman. <laughs> um, yes. Well, Conrad, you know, you made the wrestling analogy. All I can do is back it up and by saying... What do you do when you're bringing in a new big guy? Well, you got to make him crush, crush some, crush some low level guys yeah, here yeah. <laughs> to build him up. This is Batman Begins. This isn't bloody Scarecrow Begins. I mean, sure, he does pop up again in both The Dark Knight and uh, The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, ver- Very briefly, uh, but this is not uh, Scarecrow Begins. This is Batman Begins, and yeah. I like the fact that they chose these these uh, few smaller bad guys. And also, it sort of widens the range in cinematic, uh, in the cinematic world of like fans like me who don't necessarily know all the comics to n- learn about these these characters too. Yeah, that's definitely. what's interesting actually as well about it is that the Batman, uh, well, Batman uh, by Tim Burton didn't do that at all. They started with the Joker.
0: Yeah, but they were coming in uh, in a position where they didn't really have any expectations. Whereas I think Jack Nicholson's performance was so good that it sets. A, yeah,
1: Joker was the star of the show. That's kind of my point. Joker yeah. was the star of the show there. Whereas I, building on this, like I assume I think that Chris Nolan had an idea for a trilogy at the beginning, mm. and and he wanted to make three films. There's no way he wanted to make one Batman film, and he would have called it Batman Begins if that was the case. But um, I think that it, it makes sense if you're planning <laughs> um, imagine on. Imagine if three. it was
0: a one and done, just Batman Begins. <laughs> <and> it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. no more. I'm off.
1: Yeah, yeah. Begins. Yeah. Beginning is the end. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, that's reference to something else on the channel, but uh, I think that yeah, no, I I, I personally think that um, it was a good it was a good choice, and yeah. I think that Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson did okay. The little bait and switch. The first time you saw this, did that did that catch you unawares? Uh, did you think no, Ken, that did you, you think Ken Watanabe <laughs> was actually you could Razor. see
0: you could see that fucking turn coming a mile off. <laughs> like, like, come on, guys, you have to get yeah. up earlier than that to catch me out. Here's a
1: question though. Maybe it's it came out a little too early for anyone to be questioning it, but should this film have maybe got the same backlash as Iron Man three got, having the Mandarin played by a white guy? I
0: um, uh, see. I don't. I don't know Razal Gul that well enough. Is he? Is he yeah, supposed to be like Middle Eastern? I don't either. Like with an? I'm assuming the name like Razal Ghul, He's supposed to be like South Asian or Middle Eastern. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's one one of those difficult ones where it's like in both of them they. Well, actually, no, less so in this. They don't at all. But in Iron Man 3, they, like, conjure an in-film reason why he's not yes. um, a Chinese character. Whereas in this, they and don't. then they it's actually like, do
1: give us the Mandarin later on yeah, in uh, um, Shang-Chi.
0: Where, yeah, whereas in this, it's just like, I don't know, his name's Razal al Ghul, but he's played by an Irish guy, whatever. Like, let's move on from that. Which, you know, in retrospect, is not great. Um, I think Liam Neeson's performance is very strong, though. Uh, so it does go some way to mitigating... Um, that disappointing aspect of it. Um, in fact, he's pro it's it is he the best villain in this movie? Killian Murphy does such a good job with not very much, so I like I'm kind of in two minds as to which one I prefer, but I I think, um,
1: I think Killian Murphy is more memorable as well just because he's got the mask, yeah. Whereas, like, the moment that Liam Neeson, like, the, the big moment for me, his biggest moment as a character in the film for me is when, um Wayne Manor's on fire, and he says, "You know, you life you you burnt my, you burnt my house down, and you left me for dead. Consider us even." Yeah, I think that moment is his big moment of the film. Yeah, um, but I think that those little moments it's less memorable than the, than the mask, and they did a good job with the Scarecrow mask, I think. Yeah,
0: what, and I think Killian Murphy he got to ham it up in a way that he probably enjoyed, and that was really enjoyable yeah. to watch. Whereas um Ra's al Ghul's a little bit kind of like cooler and more distant um which is not a bad thing but a little bit less memorable so yeah I think Killian Murphy probably steals the show and I don't know maybe some Batman fans can tell me whether Scarecrow is considered like an A level villain but certainly for me as someone who'd read maybe one or two Batman trade mm-hmm. paperbacks when I when I saw this movie when I heard that um that Scarecrow was going to be one of the villains. I was like, "What the fuck?" Like that's like having I don't know, like Mister Freeze as like you're, one of your main villains. Like it's, it's yeah. just like who's intimidated by that? Um, but but what, up we're
1: we're Schum- we're Schumacher- yeah, Schumacher-
0: exactly. <laughs> it's like we we just going through all the B tier villains now. But I mean, what what he did with it, I thought was was excellent. Like, and he he really elevates it. Um, and it does give us that moment, um, a moment that is part of a a rich tradition in cinema, which is that when when um. Scarecrow uses the gas on Batman for the first time and he like falls mm-hmm. off the building of uh, falls off the roof of Arkham I think is where they're supposed to be and Batman uses a car to cushion his fall which oh, yeah, happens yeah. in so many movies now and it's like that doesn't work I know, I know there's lots of cars things that cars are so happen. soft Conrad, they're, <laughs> they're soft things I know there's lots of things in movies that don't work in real life but that one is one that really annoys me so it's like have you ever fallen on a car before? <laughs> like they, You would break every bone in your body doing that. Well, well the, yeah the thing is well this this trope of falling on cars
1: began back when cars were made out of solid metal. Yeah, like yeah. The, the cars these days at least if they came up with the, if they came up with the idea now at least cars are made to crumple now. Yeah, yeah, like no. cars back then were just like meant yeah, to they'll give you, know.
0: you absolutely nothing. Um but yeah, so I mean the villains in this movie are are pretty great, I have to say. Um the uh, did you have a favorite? We've kind of talked about all of them, but um did you have one that stood out to you?
1: hmm yeah I've got to Liam Neeson and the Scarecrow are both both equal equal for me I think Mm. Um, yeah I I think I'd never seen either 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 villain before when I first saw this film okay Um, as I say Scarecrow a bit more memorable but neither neither stands out okay Carmine Falcone is probably the worst of the three but he served his purpose
0: yeah he did and he is kind of like a like a low-level guy, I think it's fair to yeah. say. Whereas, like Killian Murphy's plan is to help Ra's al Ghul, and Ra's al Ghul's uh, plan is to come back to Gotham and put the MacGuffin on the monorail. Uh, clearly, he he understands the uh, the sort of the need for uh, theatricality and symbolism in sending mm-hmm. his message. Um, and it, it like that it's a microwave filter, microwave emitter that will evaporate all nearby water sources. Um, yeah, which...
1: which is is interesting because it means that like Raoul Ghul knew Killian Murphy's character, Doctor Jonathan Crane, before he began the planning. For yeah. this, you know, it, it, I, I want to know when they first met. Like, did yeah, what, John what, Crane also go on a, a they, hike to? Then they, they were know. at
0: like a villains convention or something, and <laughs> yeah, they were like yeah. they swapped cards. They had some similar ideas, and they were like, "Let's sit down and figure out if we can <laughs> we can bring about the end of Gotham together." And you know, they always managed it. Although, I, okay, so the microwave emitter though, point one. Maybe you can clear this up for me, mm-hmm. um, and then and then we'll probably we'll probably end this because we we're, we're going quite long. But like. They turn it on, they steal it, but before stealing it, they turn it on on the boat that it's travelling on. Why? (laughs) Why?
1: One can only assume they were trying to turn the water around the boat to steam and sink to the core of the earth. That's what I would assume they were trying to do.
0: But, like, you have to get the fucking microwave emitter off it. <laughs> like, it just seems like... It, that, that really strikes me as a moment where they're like, we've got to show the audience how this thing works, so yeah, the people yeah, yeah. who steal it are going to turn it on, and when you're like, but why? Like, they know it works, so, like, why are they, like, endangering the mission? Well, maybe they maybe they were told make sure it works before
1: you bring it back here maybe, because yeah. I can't handle two weeks waiting for this thing <laughs> that's true to just, like, we've, got to get, we've got to
0: wait for Wayne Enterprises to send another one of these from China it's going to be months before we can do it yeah um,
1: Raz I'll tell you what Raz does not like being disappointed when no. he gets surprises in the mail no absolutely not
0: it's a Stress. <laughs>
1: that's what I want to know would,
0: yeah, like I mean, the burnt pa- down, didn't it? The postman that has to deliver stuff to that base in China, God bless him. <laughs> he was just sitting next to the burnt pile, saying, "I've already ordered it. I have to wait. I can't redirect now." Yeah, Amazon say they've attempted delivery, but they haven't. I've been here the whole time. Um, <laughs> Okay, so other thing about the microwave emitter. Surely, I'm not a scientist. I'll be the first to admit that. Surely, something that evaporates all nearby water sources would just kill all humans in a nearby, in a radius around it. Yeah, I mean
1: that is a, that is an interesting point.
0: And and, and, and you know, to, to I don't that actually end-
1: remember seeing any humans popping in this in this movie. So how did they get around that? Did they ever explain? No, it's on right next to
0: Batman on. and Razal. Cool. <laughs> well, they're fighting on the monorail. Like it's li- they're literally fighting around it and it's like uh, why aren't I used... I wonder why that is. What
1: yeah. Like uh, It's I've... a microwave emitter. Are you saying if humans went in a microwave nothing would happen?
0: Like I mean I don't know. I don't want to try it, but I feel like there's probably <laughs> In fact, there's definitely some videos on the internet of like monsters putting small animals in microwaves. Um and there's actually, there's a moment in the uh, horror movie Urban Legend where a dog is put in a microwave and it doesn't end well for the dog. So, I well, thi- I know
1: that like, there is warnings on the boxes of microwaves when you buy them out saying don't put animals in, and I can only imagine why that's there.
0: Yeah, someone did it. Some idiot. Yeah, um, yeah so I don't understand why it doesn't just kill people, which, if you're... I mean, I guess it's... Mission accomplished at that point, but it seems like a very roundabout way of killing people, mm-hmm. to be honest. <laughs> like, it'd be yeah, a, like, it'd be a lot easier to just like shoot them, I think. But
1: but the thing is, well, like they, this is the thing, right? They they, they stole this uh, machine from like which worth billions and billions and billions from Wayne Enterprise. there's Only a couple in the world, maybe even only one. Who knows? Yeah. Why didn't they
0: steal a nuclear weapon and just drop it on Gotham? <laughs> yeah it doesn't make any sense because they want they want Gotham to tear itself apart with the use of Scarecrow's hallucinogenic gas or whatever but it's like this is a really roundabout way of doing this guys well, like you, you yeah. just burned Roman Constantinople down why don't you just plant a bomb <laughs> like,
1: just... yeah that's that's yeah I love that it's like that's why they didn't they 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 heard about uh, Jonathan Crane's birth and they were like hang on a minute we might have another way yeah. and they started planning his whole life as if he was like the Dalai Lama like taking little uh, things to him and making him choose out of and, and you know they gave him the path I I don't understand where this is really I can't get a out of my head connor I don't know where they met Jonathan Crane yeah. I don't know why he became a doctor if he just wanted to kill like if this guy wanted to do this at the start of his career yeah. what, he would have just taken a gun tour a shopping mall also like
0: I, I have known some psychiatrists in my time there is no way he would be allowed to get away with the things he does in this movie like every every single criminal who was sent to him for analysis he's like this one needs to come with me to, uh, to Arkham I can't treat him here and then shockingly all the ones that go to Arkham are like released again within like a week it's like someone would investigate that he wouldn't be allowed to practice medicine anymore it's
1: yeah it's just the, the motives are very strange having said that great film love the film yeah, uh, yeah i love don't the film. So, we can nitpick everything
0: no yeah i mean i nitpick i'm probably gonna nitpick dark knight next week as well because it's funny but i i love this movie i think it's absolutely yeah. great um it ends with one of the all-time great teases well first off you get the drunken billionaire mm-hmm. burns down house newspaper yeah. article which is great that's just that's good fun um yeah. Gordon blows up the monorail, and then we get yeah the mother of all teasers at the end. Back before Marvel, uh, or I, I guess it would have been who was it that that had Iron Man to begin with? Was it Fox? I can't remember. Some no, it wouldn't have been Fox. No,
1: it was always Marvel's. It, it was always Marvel's original thing. It's just that Marvel was bought by Disney. Oh, that's after. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: of course, it was. So um, yeah, the um, but before Marvel were doing stingers, uh, we had. Uh, Teasers like this, card. which is uh, Gordon telling, uh, yeah, telling Batman that he's found a, found someone else very violent with a with a penchant for theatricality. Turns over the playing card. It's the bloody Joker, isn't it? And that see, is
1: Conrad. See that that if it wasn't for that moment, I think I might have had a bit of a, a nice thing to say about the quote unquote Joker's appearance in Batman mm. with Robert, the, the Batman with Robert Pattinson. Because they'd already done the most classy tease for Joker ever, yeah, and then you just give us him s- laughing in a mental institution. It yeah. just seems so bottom draw compared to this f- this film. The, what this film did, I know. I know
0: what you mean. The one thing I will say about it is that I remember when Dark Knight came out, and a lot of people were like, "There's no way it's going to be better than Jack Nicholson." Like, you know, because th- that was like a yeah. sacred cow of. Um, of, of superhero movies, you know, that performance was untouchable. And then yeah. Dark Knight came along and it was like, oh no, I think Heath Legends might have actually been better at the moment. So maybe Barry Kion is.
1: Oh, I'm looking forward to it, don't get me wrong. I just mean in that moment. Yeah, um, I know what
0: you mean. It's not as, not nowhere near as good a reveal. It was a
1: little too in your face for me, to yeah. be honest with you. And the thing is, apparently they didn't intend that to be because they, they cut a scene, but still, it just. See that turnover of the car at the end of Batman Begins. It's it's just as yeah. you say. It, it is an iconic end of end of a superhero yeah. film, isn't it?
0: Sends sends uh, sends goosebumps running down your arms. That it's just like oh shit. See you in a few years, Chris. We're ready for this. Um, yeah. And you know whether he knew it or not. Like at the end of this movie, he had in the space of two hours revitalized the Batman franchise. Like I think that's that's the biggest a bit of praise I could give this movie is that Batman was dead in the water as a, as a movie property when Batman and Robin came out, it was seen as ridiculous. They weren't making very much money and seven years later and with a completely different approach, you have essentially set it up to become one of the biggest superhero series of all time. Um, So that is going to lead us to conclude as we always do with uh, one simple question. And that is Anthony, what is your favorite movie this week?
1: My favourite movie this week is Batman Begins. I'm going to go with it.
0: Yeah, I'm not messing around this week. It's it's Batman Begins for me as well. What a movie. What a a way to revitalise the franchise. And what a way for us to revitalise the best movie podcast ever <laughs> by actually doing one this, <laughs> this week yes. uh, we made it, we made it Mar look at us now um, <laughs> we will see you again next week um, for, for The Dark Knight um, but before that thank you to Nancy Wyatt and Jared Iscariot for the use of our theme song you can check out links to their stuff down in the description below and thank you to you for your patience and for joining us uh, this time round, please consider subscribing if you're not already, we're Culture Cave on YouTube we're the best movie podcast ever on on podcasting apps get involved in the comments let us know what you thought about Batman Begins have you watched it recently what do you think about the villains what do you think about Ken Watanabe's shitty beard and we will see you (laughs) same time same place next week bye